I don't like this episode. I'm just going to go ahead and be overt about this. Uh, let's try and discuss it. Let's talk about the episode first, then we'll discuss. I, I keep talking about problems and then the episode. Let's do the episode first. So they go down, and there's these people mining deuterium, which is almost assuredly a problem. By problem, I mean a mistake. And I know you're thinking, lore, but when your entire plot hinges on deuterium being a rare and valuable material, maybe you should make sure deuterium is a rare and valuable material. Voyager actually made this mistake constantly. In fact, it wasn't until Season 7, I looked it up, Season 7, Episode 15, The Void, when they finally remembered, oh yeah, deuterium is super common. Why would anyone steal deuterium, I believe, is the exact quote. Oh, nope, sorry. Why would, you Why would anyone steal deuterium? You can find it anywhere, is the exact quote from uh, Paris there. And you could say, well, this is older and they need it. Yeah, but the process they show is not how you would make deuterium. That's, that's not how that is. That's not how any of that is. What they're doing is something closer to, like, say, mining dilithium, which might have actually made a whole lot more sense here. But whatever. Rice isn't exactly valuable either, right? And they needed to make it something cheap, so maybe that was their thinking. And we're already building up to the problem. So they're talking about trading medical supplies and all that stuff for deuterium. Cool, cool. Trade is good. You know, I do like seeing trading episodes. And then the uh, Klingon ship shows up. You know, they should have just blown it up in orbit. I know, I know. They don't have a reason to yet, so that makes sense. So then they come down, and they're marauders, and they talk about killing people. And at that point, they should probably blow up the ship in orbit, which they don't. Then uh, they try to bring up something approaching a dilemma and fail miserably at it, because... Uh, these are not members of the Klingon Empire, or maybe they are. It's never really addressed. That's probably the kind of thing you should look into. If you're going to try and antagonize a group of people and leave them alive who might be connected politically to someone in the Klingon Empire, like, say, Duras, I don't mean connected to Duras. I mean, Duras is the kind of person that is connected. Maybe you should consider actually figuring that out before you mess with them. Just a thought. Or you could just blow them up. No witnesses, no nothing. To Paul's counter-argument is, well, they might live, and then they might come back. Okay, you know what? That's a good counter-argument. Completely ignores the complexity of the situation. Now, rather than what should have happened, which is, okay, well, what do we do? You know, you agree with me to Paul, which is nice. Uh, what option would you suggest? Instead, Archer just decides unilaterally to help them defend themselves, because this is the Seven Samurai. So, they teach them to fight uh, the Klingons, and they teach them specifically how to combat Klingons. And T'Pol gives a speech about fighting Klingons. All of this is stupid. And I swear I'm going somewhere with all this, really. But they teach them to fight them. Um, they don't really address the real point. Oh, she has a cool scene. You know, when she's doing the practice uh, shooting with uh, Reed. And apparently she's gotten a lot better at shooting that thing in the last year, however long it's been at this point. So then they mentioned this plan is a long shot. This is when I realized the main issue with the episode. Because i got to be honest, right about here I have a note here that says Borg. Now you're probably thinking, Laura, what do the Borg have to do with anything? I was so disinterested and deinvested in this episode, I had so little to comment on it other than my main point, which I haven't gotten to yet, I'm still building to it, that I decided to start looking up facts and figures most notably about uh, First Contact, 
hence the Borg comment, to remind myself of that, and Insurrection and the upcoming Nemesis, which hasn't come out yet, historically as of the release of this episode. The thing is, I've been reading into this, and we're entering the realm of conjecture, and I do want to be overt about that. But I believe with 100% certainty that I am right about my theory that there was a lot of wrangling going on behind the scenes between various political factions inside Paramount, and that was causing a lot of issues with regards to Star Trek in particular, and the budget of Star Trek in particular. Near as I can tell, speculation, um, what ends up happening here, and with, with regards to the show and each episode's budget, and how it just kind of bounces all over the place, was a direct corollary to how badly Nemesis did. I'll talk more about that later. I've got the facts and figures here, but that's my point. I had so little to say about this episode. I was looking up for stuff that will not come out until uh, something cargo, something like that. I don't remember the episode. Like I said, I barely remember season two. I'm starting to see why. This episode is completely unmemorable to me. I actually mentioned it to someone, and their reaction was, uh, they didn't remember it. Now, not everyone remembers episode names, but I didn't do that. I instead gave a synopsis of the episode. Klingon marauders come by to steal deuterium. Crew teaches them to defend themselves. And the reaction was, huh? How many of you remembered this episode? Real. Real question. So, then the fight happens, and it's pathetic and terrible. Um, the I, I don't know how to describe it unless I just go through on a blow-by-blow -blow thing. They pull a rope to stun a guy and then don't immediately start firing. Uh, they don't actually fire on the guy who is down and prone, so they would have a good shot of hitting him. Uh, Reed can't hit anybody until the plot demands it. There's a woman who manages to hit a Klingon on the head perfectly and then successfully avoid his sword, so there's no losses, can't have any losses. Um, by the way, she threw a rock to hit a guy's head perfectly, and that did nothing to him, even though another guy was able to be completely stunned by a random wire being pulled in front of him. There's also the fact that it take, they notice there's a trap, and they just stand there for like 10 solid seconds being like, wait a second, hang on here, this ain't right, what a heck, what the, you know, it's, it's taking way too long, family guy joke. And then we cut to the main characters who are just sitting there staring at them for the same dead of time. Now, we don't see them, but I'm just picturing, you know, they've got the they've got the button and they're ready to go, and they're like, okay. And they're in the trap, actively. Oh, maybe we should hit it, is basically what happens. Then they're surrounded by fire. And by surrounded by fire, I mean loosely kind of surrounded by fire. Two things. First of all, Klingons are a little more tolerant of heat than anything else. Worf has brought this up several times. Second of all, um, what? That's your big plan? Is to loosely inconvenience them? This becomes even more stupid when they beam out. There is nothing to prevent them from beaming out from that circle. And then beaming right back in outside of the circle. And they're just slaughtering everyone. There's nothing to prevent these people from beaming out and then, and then coming back in the middle of the night and beaming down and just killing everyone. This is stupid. Because it's the Seven Samurai. This is my big complaint with this episode. It is trying so hard to be an homage that it's actually being a copy. And if you, if you ignore Klingons and space travel and spaceships and beaming technology a lot of this episode suddenly makes a lot more sense if they didn't if there was just a local marauding group of Klingons 
who were physically here on the planet and if there were not spaceships involved at all and if it was just the seven samurai then all of a sudden it would make a lot more sense it isn't so it doesn't instead it just runs into logical holes everywhere I, I didn't list all of them because that would just get tedious but that is what we're facing that is what the reality is here it's just this is too much of a copy paste and it doesn't fit if you're gonna do this thing and there's nothing wrong with doing that by the way but you do have to change things. If you're going to do that, you have to make an homage. You have to alter and change and morph it into something new. You need to add something to the pot. Right? Otherwise, you're just making the same stew the previous guy made. I, I was thinking it would be funny. Uh, one of the simplest and easiest changes to this episode to help improve it is they beam out, right? And because, of course, they're going to let them go because that's the stupidest possible thing they can do. And then the Klingons get back to their ship and they're like, all right, woo, and everyone's celebrating. And Archer pulls out his comm and's like, you know, Tucker or uh, Tucker's down below. Someone, uh, Travis, you know, Travis, we cut up to the ship and he's like, no problem, sir. And then, you know, mission accomplished. And that's all he says. And we see the view screen and there's some debris on it. That's all they'd have to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know this sounds bloodthirsty and evil, but there is no reason to leave these people alive. They are marauders. They show up, rob, hurt, and kill people in order to steal their stuff and then leave. They should die. This is not malice. This is not cruelty. They should be removed from the equation. This is ignoring the fact that in this episode, granted the characters don't hear this, but we do, we hear them comment on, don't worry, we'll teach them respect, we'll kill a few more. Maybe the child this time. So they're going to go kill a kid in order to, to, to establish control. No, they should die. Just straight up. Also, from a purely national and tactical perspective, destroying the ship so utterly and thoroughly that they, you know, there's, they don't find them is probably one of the better ways to ensure that if they are connected to the Klingon Empire, the Klingon Empire doesn't find out about it. If you really want to be cautious, which I admittedly would if I was playing Star Trek Adventures, did you know you can find out about that on Lore Reloaded? No. Um, if I was doing this, I would probably uh, disable the ship and then beam all the people on board um, into space and then shoot them with the phase cannons so that there's no evidence they're gone. Or maybe just beam them out into dissolution. Can they do that yet? It's assumed they can't. You can also just puncture some holes in the ship so that they go flying out and then shoot them. But the point is, those corpses need to be erased. Then tractor that sucker and just kind of, you know, grapple it and start pulling it along the section and then let it go in a direction away from the planet such that it'll drift out into deep space and never be seen again. Maybe make a point of disabling all the electronics on board first, just absolutely wrecking it. Now you're probably thinking, why go to so much effort and length? So that way there's no debris field in orbit of a planet with a bunch of settlers and miners that some Klingon ship might come by and say, Hey! You blew up our ship! And go down and destroy and kill the kid in order to establish dominance and steal their stuff. Or for honor. That's it. That's all I got. God, I hope the rest of Season 2 is better than this. So far we're definitely having Season 2 Syndrome going on here. I, I referenced that earlier. Next week, I don't even know the episode next week. I do not know what we're walking into. So next week, Moo. So I'll see you next time for Moo. <laughs>